Welcome back to Word Balloon, the comic book conversation show. John Suntris here. Sorry it's been a while uh, for a new episode. Um, Feast and famine, what can I say? Uh, Tough times at the day job, and uh, it was just uh, a lot of people said yes but didn't find time in their schedule, and we couldn't make things happen. Good news is I got a great bunch of interviews that we will get done by the end of March, and uh, we start things off tonight with Nick Spencer, just in time for C2E2, and just in time for this ridiculous political environment that the country finds itself in. Uh, What better time to talk to the guy who's writing Sam Wilson's Captain America, which has faced some uh, political uh, discussion based on some of the stories that Nick has provided. Avengers Standoff, which uh, is kind of the precursor to Civil War, although as Nick explains, it's its own thing, but uh, again, kind of raises some societal questions about what we do with criminals. I think it's a fantastic beginning to the story, and uh, really looking forward to the conclusion. Nick wrote the first two chapters of it, and we talk about that event. We also talk about his creator-owned books, like Morning Glories, and uh, The Fix, which is coming up uh, with him and Steve Lieber. We also talk about Ant-Man and some of the other books that Nick has been working on for Marvel. And, uh, of course, uh, we couldn't help it because uh, Superman Batman is coming up. DC is going through Rebirth. Nick had a bumpy ride at DC, to say the least. And uh, I wanted to uh, talk to him about uh, both the upcoming film and also uh, what he thinks about uh, the potential for the DC reboot that's coming this summer. I know it's not a reboot, but it kind of is. You know what I'm saying. Word Balloon today is brought to you by InStock Trades at InStockTrades.com. Uh, it's a great time to uh, shop at InStockTrades.com because uh, they've got great deals for you, as always. But uh, in particular, some of the books that are on sale th- th- this week I-, I think are among the best that I've seen in, in some time. I'm talking about things like uh, the Captain America omnibus that uh, reaches back during the 70s and uh, really does kind of collect the whole uh, Cap-Falcon relationship, among other things. Uh, we're talking about Stan Lee stuff, John Romita, and others. Uh, the omnibus is 50% off, just $49.99. You can get Marvel Masterworks, Mighty Thor, Volume 5, is uh, also uh, 50% off, just $37.50. You can get uh, the Secret Wars hardcover, collecting the recent event. I think it was a good event, and uh, I think it would be very cool to uh, have this on your shelf. 50% off, it's just $25. Lots of great books happening at InStockTrades.com. You can get the Archie Trade Paperback Volume 1 from Mark Wade and Fiona Staples. It is 30% off, $13.99. The Phonogram Trade, Immaterial Girl. Karen Gillum and Jamie McKelvey, 42% off. It's only $8.69. And Nameless, uh, from my buddy Chris Burnham and Grant Morrison, it's uh, 42% off, $14.49. Just a few of the great books that are happening at In Stock Trades. Check it out. There's more great deals waiting for you. We'll talk about more of them later at InStockTrades.com. All right, it's been far too long since I spoke to Nick Spencer, and uh, both of us agree on that as we open up this conversation on Word Balloon. Happy to welcome back Nick Spencer to Word Balloon. It's always a pleasure, dude, and uh, congratulations. The trajectory continues to onward and upward for you. You're doing great, man. Thank you for having me. I've I've missed you. (laughs) (laughs) True. You know, seriously, I think the last time you were on it was a Marvel presser, about Ant Man. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I feel like we've 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 maybe missed one. 
you know that like we 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 were talking pretty much I think every year or so, but I think we I think we missed I don't think we chatted at all last year or whatever. So that's probably true, and I apologize. Know. So uh, uh, I couldn't I couldn't <laughs> ignore it. And just, well, no, and honestly, I've been meaning to talk to you about Sam Wilson as well, and Cap and everything that's been going on, and you know since you've you've picked up the Cap books and everything. It's been it's been a cool year. It's been a lot of fun, especially uh, you know at Marvel. It's been great. That's excellent, and I mean no, I'm glad they're giving you the cool assignments. And, you know, let's, we can start with Sam Wilson. Why not? Sure. I mean, and it dovetails into standoff, obviously. Definitely. So, uh, yeah, this is, I mean, this is great. Was this always like a fun challenge for you to write Sam Wilson as Captain America and kind of get into his head and, and also the cast and everything? Uh, getting the book was pretty out of left field. Um, I had just kind of settled in on Ant-Man. Mm-hmm. I had just come off of Superior Foes, which had done really well, and everybody had which been was really awesome. happy with. And then Absolutely. we launched Ant-Man, and everybody really liked that. And obviously, you know, that was in advance of the Ant-Man movie and everything. And, uh, you know, I, 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 I felt good about that launch, and, and, you know, everybody at Marvel seemed happy there. Uh, and I was kind of like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do some Marvel comedy books, and, and uh, you know, that'll, that'll be my thing. And, and Tom Brevoort, as he's wont to do, sort of... Uh, shot me an email out of nowhere and was like, Captain America. And it was, it was definitely, it was out of left field. You know, my headspace was sort of in a different direction. I was like pitching like West Coast Avenger books and damage control books and stuff like that. And, sure. Uh, so it was, it was, it was, it was sort of a curveball. And to be honest, the first, uh, you know, couple nights of it, uh, you know, I was, I was really, uh, struggling to wrap my head around it, you know, because it was just such a different direction than I'd been writing in at Marvel, uh, for the previous year. Um, but then it really clicked into place when I just realized, you know, what was, what was sitting right in front of me, which was what Rick had set up. I mean, it's the story of what happens if you put a black man in that costume. It's the story of mm-hmm. what happens if, if, if an African-American uh, takes up the mantle of Captain America and that there's so much juice in that. Like there's just, there's so much uh, to explore about how people would see that, how they would respond to that before he did anything, before he, you know, be, 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 before he had any sort of reputation as a hero, uh, you know, as Captain America, that is. Uh, you know, how people would prejudge that, how people would react to that. And then if when he did say something that they didn't like, uh, you know, or when he did do something that they didn't approve of, just how fierce that response and reaction and blowback would be. And, you know, once I once once that clicked, uh, you know, it was uh, I realized I I had a book that I was really going to enjoy writing on my hands. So that's excellent. I mean, I'm not surprised because. I love it when Captain America gets political, and it's, it, I mean, really going back to Engelhart and uh, you know the Serpent or the Secret Society. Yeah, well, that, uh, that was know. that was that was the other thing was, uh, you know, obviously Ed's run sort of looms large and is you know yes. legendary, and uh, you know that obviously had you know that spy noir feel and the Steranko vibe to it, and uh, you know like. Uh, it was very much, you know, a lot of it, is, uh, not all of it, but a lot of it was very much Captain America as a spy espionage book. Um, and uh, then Rick had come in and made what I thought was a really cool choice, which was, you know, diving into the Kirby stuff, 
you know, with the Zola and Dimension Z story. And, yep. and uh, you know, and I thought that was a really uh, smart move coming off of Ed's run. Yes. But the end result of it had been that we'd gone a really long time uh, without the book being terribly topical or overtly political uh, in the sense that it, uh, you know, covers subject matter that, that, that might remind you of things that you see in the news. Um, you know, I had grown up on the Grunwald run, uh, and you know, it, it was a, a huge part of my reading experience as a kid and, you know, was just a huge fan of the Scourge storyline and the John Walker mm-hmm. storyline, especially. Yes. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the way that, 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 that Grunwald would so brilliantly kind of, you know, make an analog for various interest groups or protest groups that you saw in, in the real world. Uh, and that also obviously goes back a lot to the Inglehart run as well. Um, so I was like, you know, it's been a while since that was in a Captain America book. Um, and I think, you know, I, I, I think it was uh, a very smart move to, 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 to walk away from that stuff for a while, to, to sort of put that on the back burner a bit for a while. But it, it seemed like it was a good time, especially with it being an election year and just politics in the country being where they are. Uh, you know, it seemed like a good time to kind of uh, make it a topical book again and, and have some fun with it. And you know, the other thing about it is the book has has a lot of comedy in it. Um, and, you know, that was, again, when I was sort of coming up with the pitch and what the book would look like, uh, you know, that was the other thing was I was I was writing a lot of comedy. And it was like, well, if you go back and you read the Grown World Run and the Inglehart Runs, th- these guys are not taking themselves that seriously when they're writing those. You know, that, that, that they weren't afraid to poke fun of these things and, and sure. you know, to handle them with a lighter touch. And so I was like, you know, you can you can get into these things. You know, you can get into disputes about, uh, you know, border security, uh, you know, and immigration. And, you know, you can but instead of it being a heavy handed speech at the end, it can be something that that makes people chuckle or, you know, that that that, that, that makes people laugh, hopefully. Uh, obviously not everyone did, but, uh, <laughs> that was kind yeah. of, that was kind of the intention, uh, you know, was that, that, that people would see that the tone of it, uh, wasn't, wasn't so self-serious. Uh, and so obviously when some people did take it very seriously, uh, I was, I was, I was a little surprised, but, uh, but that's okay. And, you know, um, uh, that was, that was part of the fun of, of, of the book's launch too. Sure. And I, and also to maybe inspire conversation about what they're, what they're reading. I did, did Marvel have any hesitation? Cause I know during Ed's run when, uh, Bucky was uh cap, uh, there was that kind of moment with, uh, tea partiers right. that really ignited some, some heat from, the right wing and, and Fox. And I know, you know, things were uncomfortable for a little while. Well, you know, before I get to bring this up, I literally in the first issue of standoff just now, we just did the exact same thing with the green skull, who was a villain that, that Rick created back at the start of his run. Who's a sort of eco terrorist, radical environmentalist, uh, villain. And I did the exact same thing, you know, like, like it's the exact same thing where he does a speech that you could definitely say, Oh, that kind of mirrors things that I've heard in the real world from environmentalists. 
you know, and sadly, True. I did not hear a word. Like, sadly, it, it, I, I, you know, like, like it, it, it did not spur the same kind of reaction. So, uh, you know, I, I, to me, um, you know, I, I, I was, I always hope that people see that we're, we try to be fair about these things that, mm-hmm. um, you know, in the case of what happened in, at the start of, of Sam's book, you know, you find out very quickly, I, I believe in the second issue or the third issue that, you know, the entire, uh, border vigilante group is a front, um, you know, and that the, that the coyote smuggler that's, that's, uh, you know, helping the border crossers over is actually in cahoots with them. And, you know, we, we, we definitely try to tell the story in such a way that it doesn't say this political side, uh, is a bad guy here. Um, you know, we, we just kept boiling it down to, uh, these guys were abducting and killing border crossers. If your position is it's okay to abduct and kill border crossers, then go ahead and be offended. Uh, if your if your position is if if your position is Congress shouldn't pass immigration reform, we didn't really say anything either way about your 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 beliefs there. So um, you know, again, it's a thing where we're having fun. Uh, you know, sort of um, nodding at topical arguments. Uh, people shouldn't take it as, uh, you know, I'm writing in a conservative bad guy every month. And, and again, we've had, we've had, you know, we've had villains that have made arguments from the left saying the same thing. And we'll have more of Understood. those. So, you know, what I hope is that people can enjoy kind of the, the topical nature of the story without thinking that we're trying to preach at them or tell them that their politics are wrong or, or what have you. Uh, that's really not the intention. It's much more to channel that sort of Grunwald Englehart vibe of taking real world things and putting a superhero polish on them. It came out obviously during the uh, Captain America 75th anniversary TV special right. that you know there's going to be a new Steve Rogers Captain America book alongside Sam's book. And uh, I don't know. I mean, I know you've you've said a few things online. So what can you tell us about the new book? Well, that doesn't spoil. I mean, because yeah. obviously the story is brewing. It's already starting in Sam's book. It's spilling over into Avengers standoff. Yeah, it's 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 been really fun because when the when the the Sam book launched, obviously, anytime you have a sort of new new face in, in the role. Anytime you have a new sure. person in, in the mantle, you have a lot of the longtime fans who are always like, you know, Steve Rogers is Captain America. And that's, that's, that's that. That's it. And yeah. you know, yeah. like, uh, <laughs> so it was really fun how at the start I was getting a lot of that. And, you know, also obviously the whole Breitbart Fox news thing, uh, yes. at the start. And then when we announced the Steve book, uh, I got it completely from the other side. You know, then it was, oh, now you're, you know. You're taking the role away from the black man. To yeah, Sam man. And, and Sam's book's going to get canceled a month later. And, you know, like, like it's, it's, this is, this is selling out. And, uh, you know, it just, just exactly what you would expect. Uh, so, right. Uh, sure. You know, and, and we knew that all along, um, you know, that, that it did not, it did not, you know, exactly catch us unaware. Um you know what I would say is wait for the book, um, which is no fun to say. And I understand that there's this weird double standard where I tell you to pre-order the book 
and be excited about the book. But then, you know, I tell you not to be critical of the book. I, I, I do understand that. But, uh, you know, we, we have a plan here. And what I would hope is that people could look at uh, what we've done on Sam's book. And, Absolutely. you know, I think the, the work that we've put into it uh, and, uh, you know, how much Marvel has, has pushed it and, you know, tried to make it a big deal. I mean, Sam is, you know, the, 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 the big spring Avengers event is uh, very much, uh, you know, centered around Captain America. And, and you know, that, that's Sam and Steve and Bucky. And so, you know, this is, this is a, a, a franchise and a cast of characters that Marvel's really passionate about. Sam's a huge part of that. And certainly, uh, you know, we're going to do everything possible to, to, to make sure that, uh, Sam has a big role going forward and that, that Sam's book continues to succeed because I love writing that book. Um, you know, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, go on, please. And then I'll, I'll no, no, just, just, you know, <laughs> just, uh, uh, I think that, um, uh, when it comes to the, the, you know, when it comes to the Steve book, one of the things that was really appealing to me was if you're, if you're trying to show how differently Sam is treated in the role, it's actually really helpful to have Steve in the role at the time too, because you know how how better to illustrate you know how certain things uh, you know are, are very different when Sam does them than when Steve does them than when Absolutely. they're doing them right next to each other. Sure. So uh, so you know the the storytelling possibilities of that, um, you know the opportunities that 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 both of them sharing the mantle created. Uh, you know, w- was really attractive to me. That's excellent, man. And also, it's really been interesting watching old, active Steve Rogers as a senior citizen, <laughs> as an incredible senior citizen. Uh, and and you know, him, you know how, and also Bucky being, you know, kind of more in the groove and really in the loop with both characters in in a way that he really hadn't been oh, certainly during the Blue Brubaker run, where he's still sorting his brain out. And then certainly Steve was dead, so there was all that. I mean, there was, so there was that kind of you know, okay, well, you really can't talk to Steve, but like the conversations he has in, for instance, uh, in Avengers uh, Standoff and the Pleasantville uh, story so far. I mean, yeah, it's it's fun because these are these two guys that really know each other, and unfortunately, Bucky's at his physical and mental best, <laughs> and Steve's doing the best he can given that he's you know lost the soldier formula for a while and you know is in this what is exactly his status does he have does he have i mean i know the suit obviously kind of augments whatever strength you know an 80 year old man would have my my personal read obviously you know different writers are gonna have different interpretations here he doesn't have the super soldier serum so he is a normal you know 90 year old guy um you know he that's that's my now he's you know still very fit he's still he still really loves the gym you know, he can, yes. he can still take me. You yeah, know. very capable. Exactly. <laughs> kind of like, honestly, kind of like Joe Kubert was until right. the end. A very, a very strong, there you go. 80 year old, you know, 80 plus year old man that could give you an iron grip handshake. There you and go. really, I mean, you know, seemed in, like in very good shape for his age. Yeah, exactly. And look, I've always been of the belief <laughs> the the super soldier serum is really only supposed to give you. Now this is, this has been tweaked and, and, bent a lot but it's really only supposed to give you peak human like it's it's the idea of it is generally 
you know, that it's the absolute maximum that a human being can do is, is, is what it's supposed to be. Um, you know, and so with Steve, so much of why he's as good as he is, has nothing to do with the serum, has nothing to do with his physical fitness. It has to do with his level of training, with his brilliance, you know, so, Strategy, so certainly yeah, everything. so Steve is still, you know, uh, you know, even in a fist fight, tacti- tactically smarter than basically everyone he faces. Um, so it's, 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 it's a tricky thing to write, um, you know, because you're constantly kind of questioning, okay, you know, what's, what's plausible here? You know, sure. what's, what's, what's believable that he can do in the, in the midst of the action, um, thankfully, uh, you know, I, I didn't have to actually do that much of it, uh, <laughs> because obviously we're, uh, you know, de-aging him and, and, you know, bringing him back to full fitness here in standoff. Certainly. So, yeah. uh, but yeah, it, it, I think it was, a, I think it was a really cool place to put the character because it didn't take him off the table. Um, and you know, it, 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 it gave, uh, it gave us the opportunity for a lot of cool stories, um, you know, in terms of Steve being that, uh, that general, um, you know, yeah. that, that, that he's been before. And I, I always think that that's a, a great part of the character to emphasize and, and this kind Agreed. of forced everyone to. So, uh, you know, it was, I think it was a nice place to put him for a while. Absolutely. And I'm, uh, I'm really loving, uh, a, you know, Avengers standoff in Pleasantville. Cause I'm a huge, uh, pri- I'm a huge prisoner fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I I feel a lot of prisoner in here, and that's great because I do think w- what you set up and uh, you you describe the status quo of – is it called Kobik? Kobik, yeah. Kobik is, yeah, the, this uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. initiative that uh, – well, and, and I love all the characters involved, and we'll go through it because it's out there um, just to bring people up to yeah. speed because – yeah, this is great. I mean, I, I don't know. I imagine that the numbers were good on standoff so far. I think I, I think everybody's really happy with it. We hadn't done one of these uh, these sort of Avengers line crossovers in quite a while. Uh, you know, at least not it, it not to this extent. It was something that they had done last year with Guardians and X Men. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, with Black yes. Vortex and Tom was yeah. pretty keen to uh, to give it a shot over on the Avengers side. Um, and, you know, uh, we were already gaming out Steve's return around the 75th. Um, and so it, 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 it sort of happened by chance that it became, uh, the spring event. Um, you know, it was sort of two different, two, two different trains kind of meeting in the middle. Um, so, uh, yeah, so with, with, uh, with the Pleasant Hill stuff, there's a lot of prisoner influence there. Um, I'm a big fan, so it, it, it was it was kind of fun to get to do that kind of story with a lot of Marvel Easter eggs. Obviously, I do a similar kind of story on Morning Glories, uh, which also yes. has a lot of prisoner influence. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of the prisoner. There's a lot of uh, Welcome to Night Vale. There's some Wayward Pines, some Twin Peaks in there, a Hilarious. little bit of Lost. It was just fun to get to do that kind of story uh you know in a capes and tights universe that that was um you know and to, to be able to have the twist and to be able to, to have the twist not spoiled and you know for people to pick up the book and be surprised by the ending uh that was a real thrill for me because in you know with with marvel and dc books 
there's a constant push and pull of, uh, you know, what marketing needs, uh, you know, and, and what's needed to sell the future issues of the book. And that, that puts a lot of, uh, you know, that, that puts a lot of, of, of onus on us to go ahead and tell you what's going to happen. Um, and, you know, thankfully before the books come out, yeah, yeah. Long before the books come out, uh, you know, many months before a lot of the time. And, so, you know, to be able to have people pick that book up, uh, you know, and not know what was coming uh, was was really a treat for me. And I think it's made it easier to sell other things um, now, you know, that that that, um, you know, that we're able to show that when you do it this way, people get really excited because they didn't see it coming, whereas right. a lot of the time. You know, the, the solicitation schedule and whatnot kind of forces us to tell everybody how the stories end before they end. And when we have to do that, it's really unfortunate because uh, it, for the reader, it can very easily become a sort of going through the motions. Right. Um, and, yeah, we all know what's coming. We all yeah. know the conclusion that's coming and the journey becomes less important. Yeah, and it, it's a thing where if you're just starting an event – and, you know, the, the new status quo that comes out of the event is already already determined before you before, you know, before you, you read a page. It's easy to see how people can become less invested in that kind of storytelling. It's, it's sure. Just, Absolutely. It's, you know, it's 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 pretty, pretty easy to see. So uh, so to be able to have that and also to have Mark Bagley do it. Uh, and, you know, obviously he has yeah. a lot of history with those characters and, uh, we, that happened also by chance, really. We, we had, uh, you know, Mark came onto the project very late, um, and, uh, you know, we were already kind of in motion and, uh, it, it, it you, you would have, you, you know, you never would have believed that we hadn't planned, uh, for him to draw that story, but it made I us look it. way I smarter. Once again, yeah. I mean, the guy honestly is a master, and he really is. I think sometimes we really do take him for granted and his abilities for granted. So yeah, you I know, it's it's, it's a thing where um, what was really nice about not just getting to work with him, but getting to work with him on something like this was I do think that that people can forget uh, what his what his where his genius is, like what his what his biggest strength is, which is. Uh, you know, his storytelling with real people um, is just incredible. Um, you know, he draws great Capes and Tights action sequences and whatnot, but where he really separates himself from 99% of artists out there, um, you know, is he, you can give him emotional beats um, and he will really make them sing. And uh, so it was, it was fun to get to do a story with a lot of normal people in it. And, you know, there's not a lot of costumes and not a lot of big special effects in the story. Uh, but to really, you know, have him do a small town cast of characters and, and uh, you know, uh, do a very character-driven story, that was, that was great. That's excellent, man. And I think, God, there's just the surprises. And again, it started in, in Sam Wilson, Captain America, but... The Whisperer, and uh, again, knowing, and I, I, you know this, we share the same political feelings, but the very Eric Snowden and, or Edward Snowden kind of feel that The Whisperer himself, I mean, we, we could say, can we, who The Whisperer is? I mean, it's, it's out yeah. there in the first two issues. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Oh, definitely, definitely. Yeah, I mean. Okay, so yeah, Rick Jones, I mean, having Rick, first of all, having Rick Jones 
in the uh, role of a, you know, Julian Assange or Edward Snowden kind of person really kind of blowing the whistle on S.H.I.E.L.D., having this Kobik program, which is shards of the Cosmic Cube, uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. is using it to kind of alter reality. Yeah, S.H.I.E.L.D. Shield have, have, Shield essentially launched this program to use Cosmic Cube fragments that they had collected uh, to alter the course of reality in case of emergency. Um, and uh, the Whisperer is an anonymous hacker uh, activist who uh, blows the whistle on this and, and, and leaks it all to the public. And, and, you know, obviously the Edward Snowden allegory and the, the Chelsea Manning allegory here is, is, is pretty clear. Um, and, uh, you know, it ends up being Rick Jones. I can take no credit for it being Rick. Uh, when we created the character, I, I said it could be any number of people, and we uh, kind of sat down and tried to figure out who it should be. And it was really James Robinson and Mark Wade uh, That's fantastic. who really pushed for it to be Rick. I, I took a while, to be fair. Uh, <laughs> I really like the character. I'm, I, you know, they, they, they will hate me for saying this, probably. Uh, you probably will, too. But, like, I am a little young. For Rick's heyday, <laughs> I understand. You know, like like I totally, I, 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 totally. I just, That's okay, I just man. I kind of missed it, and uh, uh, so you know, he's he's kind of a he's kind of a joke character. He's to you, kind of how... a back issue character to me, if that makes sense. You know, he's he's a guy sure. that, that I know, but is like just I didn't read it as a kid. Or, or, or... So he's like Liz Shaw in the Spider Man yeah, universe to you, basically. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm like I, I just. I understand what That's he is. That's great, man. I, You know, like, I keep calling him Snapper and, like, just... just <laughs> Snapper car, uh, absolutely. I, you know, like... like you are killing yeah, me. Yeah, you know. I'm not offended guys, at all. I think that's fantastic. Those guys be furious. Uh, uh, but, <laughs> you know, I, so I didn't, I didn't quite see it. Um, but then it, it, what really clicked for me is there's, without spoiling anything too much... There's future story potential in it being Rick that, that really got me excited. And the other thing was uh, Rick really – his first stories, this is kind of who Rick was. Exactly. Uh, you now go on. The, yeah. the start of the Avengers really comes from Rick using the communications technology of that time. Ham yeah. radio for, for the old people. Exactly. <laughs> and so uh, you know, so I was like, wow, this this really makes sense to kind of – have him as this yes. guy and this yes. is, this isn't you know these guys just throwing out trivial pursuit names this is exactly this is this is actually like a character that really fits uh you know because they're, they're they're awesome writers and smart guys and and so well, they know they know their history they know their marvel history and you know it's funny you say the snapper thing snapper betrayed the jla as well <laughs> right. uh back in the 70s right right and and did it in a very inadvertent like who cares sort of way where this one really does as you say it hits the core of who rick jones was at the very beginning at the beginning so, so- believe me all of us old timers are like, this is at least I'm one of these that's saying that's fucking awesome. Right. And it's okay that young people are like, oh, yeah, Rick Jones. Okay, fine, whatever. And I don't know. I'd be interested to hear what the limited Marvel history reaction would be to people who like Marvel today, have no ties to the past and be, oh, yeah, I've heard that name before. All right. And yeah, Abomination. Okay. Yeah. I, guess, I mean, the know. story that I had as a connection point for him was really Avengers Forever. That was, you know, that was, that was the story that, that heavily involved him. And, uh, that that I'd really love. So it's not it's not entirely honest of me to say that I had no no connection to the character whatsoever. Uh, there's also a thing of I do have a weakness for these like uh, you know everyman characters 
who are surrounded by superheroes. I, I, you know, obviously wrote Jimmy Olsen and, uh, you know, have a lot of love for that character. So I do always love just putting normal people uh, next to these guys and, you know, letting them say the things that normal people would say. Uh, so, so that, that, that had a lot of appeal too. So I'm, I'm for, I'm really grateful to those guys for having that idea because I, uh, um, you know, also because I had no clue who to make him. (laughs) So so it it was nice to, it was nice to be bailed out. It was nice to, to be rescued by those guys. And then further Pleasantville is this village or like the Island on lost, this kind of weird little prison that shield has created. And it is this like kind of Mayberry sort of idyllic, small middle, small town kind of feel and complete with the ice cream store and everything seems very friendly, but there's obviously something very sinister going on. And the reveal of the first uh, person we see in Pleasantville that enters Pleasantville and stuff. And then his big reveal that it turns out to be uh, Zemo. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I mean, it's the thing. I mean, really think you know and again i'm only spoiling because we're oh we're, yeah yeah least, we're well oh, into it now or is your involvement done and now it's james and uh, mark's story uh i come back i do the obviously i'll be doing the captain america stuff so okay. uh captain america seven is the big anniversary uh 75th anniversary <laughs> issue um and you know we've already spoiled uh you know features the sort of return of steve uh to full form and vigor uh, then I'll do uh, Sam Wilson, Captain America 8. Um, and uh, then I'll come back for the Omega, uh, which is the, 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 you know, the big end chapter. Um, and uh, then we're actually going to be doing a little bit of epilogue to it in uh, Sam Wilson, Captain America 9. So I've, I've still got quite okay. a bit coming up. But the, the, the other guys, uh, uh, Jerry Duggan and uh, Mark Wade are, are obviously tying in heavily in Uncanny Avengers and All New All Different Avengers. Uh, Al Ewing is tying in over in, uh, in New Avengers. Um, okay. and, uh, um, James doing it in Squadron Supreme? Or? James will be we, – we, we came close. Uh, you know, and James, James definitely helped out with, with some of the plotting and stuff here, but – uh, the squadron book is, is pretty busy with their own stuff right now. Okay. Uh, but, uh, Josh Williamson's Illuminati book, um, Great. uh, Frank Barbieri and, and, uh, Brent Schoonover's Howling Commandos book are in cool. the mix. So, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a lot of books involved. Uh, Mark Guggenheim's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, so, you know, there are a lot of, of, of great books involved. I was really, uh, thrilled that, that nearly everybody, uh, you know, that was asked, signed up to be a part of it. So we, you know, we got to do a lot of chapters and, and uh, um, they're good, you know, which is fun. Like, like it's, it's, it's nice when, you know, I get the, I get the PDFs and, and, you know, the scripts and stuff and look them over and, and everybody really, uh, really brought it home. They, they did a lot of great stories. It's a, it's a, it's a fun way to tell a story because it's almost like a relay race. You know, it's like you, 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 you bring it to one point and then another guy picks it up runs with it and, and hands it off to somebody else. And then it comes back to you a while later. And, and so it's, it's, it's a fun writing exercise. It's different from anything I've done before. You've been, you've been involved in events before. I always loved your cloak and dagger, uh, part of spider Island. Yeah. That, yeah. I've, I've, I've always, this was the first one that, uh, you know, obviously with writing the bookends and stuff, this was, yes. the, this was the first one that I wasn't kind of, uh, you know, with, with Spider Island and stuff like that, I mean, Dan would send over a super detailed 
uh, outline, um, you know, because he's a professional, um, <laughs> you know, whereas with standoff, it was much more like just emailing, hey, uh, uh, what do you guys think? <laughs> so, okay. uh, you know, a little more. Little more was it optional? Passage, did they did everyone have the option of playing or not? Oh, playing? definitely, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, nobody was compelled to 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 join in. Um, uh, you know, which is 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 really nice, really flattering and stuff when people are up for it. Um, you know, I was actually one of the one of the not team players because Ant Man isn't tying in because the book is set back there in the uh, eight month gap right now. So, uh, okay. Okay. you know, uh, I was actually the. Uh, uh, you know, I was actually the problem child in the situation. <laughs> That's cool. The uh, no, honestly, man, I love the way it started. And um, thank you. I guess I'm going to have to yeah, continue to you know follow everybody else to see as the story progresses, and then come back for your Omega and uh, and wrap up in uh, in Sam. A lot of a lot uh, of fun stuff happening in all the books. I mean, uh, it's not a thing where uh, for the vast in the vast majority of books, there's some real status quo shifts. Um, you know, some, some real things happen that have lasting impacts on those books, uh, which is fun. It's, it's not, it's not a thing where their, their tie-ins just sort of, uh, you know, feature them fighting a bad guy and going away and forgetting about it the next month. So, uh, I, I, the, I kept talking about, uh, like Mutant Massacre, um, when we were plotting this, because that was a book that obviously, you know, that was a story that ran through a lot of different books, Right. Uh, when I was a kid and, um, you know, for me that, that still kind of sets the bar for that kind of story. And, uh, you know, what, what people did was they used the event as an inciting incident, uh, you know, that helped their long-term stories. Um, you know, so you'd have mutant massacre caused, uh, you know, Warren to lose his wings, you know, but that really fed, uh, you know, the apocalypse story that, that, that right. followed that. And, and, you know, uh, what happened to Kitty, you know, obviously fed Fantastic Four versus X-Men and just all, all you know, the sort of domino effects um, were really what we were looking for. And we've got a few really good ones here. And also, this, these are the steps that lead to Civil War too, right? Uh, sort of, you know, that, that, okay. yeah, that, that's, that's, that's the thing where, I think that what it does in terms of Civil War is uh, maybe shows – I think it's it's a good prelude in the sense that it shows that more and more these guys are flirting with weapons or forces uh, that are increasingly powerful, that are sort of escalating, and uh, you know the tensions that are mounting over that kind of thing. So Do we have the right to use these extreme measures. Yeah, I, th- I think that I, you know, I think that I think that 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 in terms of their spiritual connection, um, you know, there's there's just uh, a, you know a lot of the liberty versus security debate kind of carries yes. through both, and and but really, it's not. We didn't we didn't set up the story as a sort of prologue to to Civil War II, and, and uh, it, it wasn't necessarily uh, you know meant to connect. I don't want people to, you know, pick this up and at the end of it be like, well, that didn't really have anything to do with Civil War, um, you know, because that really wasn't the design. I think that it's okay. it's, it's the nature of the timing that, Understood. that, that, sure. that, you know, people saw it as happening right before. And so there was a sort of presumption of that. But, um, you know, I'm 
okay. crazy excited about Civil War Two, and and you know, uh, all of my books are tying into it, and um, you know, like like I'm 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 really looking forward to that story. But yeah, I don't I don't want anybody to have buyer's remorse thinking that they're that they're getting Civil War hints. Okay, Unle- no, unless I've... it means that they buy the book, in which case, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> uh, we're going to spoil no, man, the I'll, I'll admit that I did think, oh, this is what is leading to Civil War. Let me check it out. But again, I mean, I read the story and I'm like, oh, this is great. And it doesn't matter to me. It's fine. That's good, in fact, because then it seems to me that you will have a more definitive con- – I'm assuming a more definitive conclusion We have at the end of – I yeah, mean, because that's yeah, – for sure. You know, that's the – that is to me, if this is my editorial, just in general and pointing at no specific sure. person. But really that is the problem I think with some events is – it really needs to end, and if it just spills into the next event, that was okay a few years ago, but now it's kind of like, all right, these stories really have to count. And Bettis and I talked, I told you this off the air, uh, last night, and we were kind of talking about that, and he was just kind of telling me what he could about Civil War Two, mm. and, you know, I'm like, yeah, it sounds great. I go, you know, I just, I, I hope, you know, there's there's like a real ending to it, and I have to say that I think Secret Wars had a definitive end to it. Definitely, so, definitely. You know, I mean, that's the thing. So I think it's I, good. That, yeah, you know, I, I think that 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 there's a little bit of both in this story um, because well, yeah, yeah, there's a new status quo that clearly will you know be explored as the stories continue. But yeah, that's the the question is yeah, is there enough of an ending where people go okay? Yeah, I think I think in terms of the story that you've been reading in Standoff, uh, it gets a clear and definitive resolution in the okay. Omega. But it sets up a lot of things for the future as well. Um, you know, there's there's uh, the the Omega is very much split sort of in half between those two things, and um, okay. you know, so I, I so it it'll be fun. But we actually viewed it as um, uh, there is a lot of stage setting for especially for for the Steve Rogers Captain America book, um, okay. and. Uh, uh, there are some new characters and and the other thing that's that's coming out of it that people already have have sort of been told is there's a new thunderbolts book coming out of it uh by 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 jim sub and um uh you know that book is going to be really fantastic um so you know i know his we we talk a lot we coordinate those books really closely and oh great uh, jim is just gonna do a phenomenal job on this book i'm really excited i'm I'm not surprised very smart guy yeah very smart guy who've only recently started having a word balloon, and it's like, yeah, no, this guy knows what he's yeah, doing. Yeah, and the other the other tease that I'll make that we haven't said anything about, there is a major new character introduced in Standoff, uh, you know, that's going to have a, a big impact on the Marvel Universe server at least the next couple of years. That uh, I'm really excited about. We haven't we haven't teased the character at all, and and I'm just uh, really really fired up for for that to happen. And that really starts uh, with the 75th anniversary. So fantastic. And that gives me license to start talking more about the 75th anniversary yeah. issue. Yeah. What, what, um, yeah. What, what is it like working at Like, is this the first of its kind in terms of you uh, being involved with that kind of big anniversary book? Yeah. I've never done, I've never done one of these before. Um, I think I had, I had a little bit that it happened during like anniversary years and stuff, but uh, have, have have never really had to, to to steer something like this. It was made enormously easier by the fact that we have backups by uh, Just Whedon and uh, John Cassidy and yeah. Tim Sale, 
uh, and Greg Rucka and Mike Perkins, you know, just uh, no matter what I do, the book is good. Yeah, <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know, you can pick it up and just if all you did was read their stories, you'd be like, that was worth uh, what I paid for the book. So I hear so that took Absolutely. a lot of pressure off. Um, the, the, the big trick that we had that, that, you know, I, I, I hear a little bit about, um, that, you know, folks are asking about is the anniversary is very Steve focused. Uh, it is Sam Wilson, Captain America, uh, number seven, but obviously with it being the 75th anniversary and with having this story that needed to be told about, uh, about Steve's return, um, the reality is, uh, you know, we have a great uh sam and bucky story at the at the cool. beginning that's those cool. two guys um uh that's set during standoff um and that was really fun to get to write them together uh definitely but then you know the the, the but then there's a big steve story that follows that if i had it to do over again we probably would have done the anniversary as its own thing uh, and, and I, I'd, I'd have gotten an issue, an extra issue of cap out of that. Um, but you know, when, once we got to it, it was like, wow, this, you know, I can't, uh, I can't, I can't minimize this Steve story. I've, I've got to give it the pages that it needs. So, uh, but you know, I well, think it's his that, anniversary. I mean, that's the thing. It is Captain America's anniversary and it is good to have, the active caps. Hell, I would have been happy if there were, and maybe there is uh, a Patriot story in there or a Spirit of Seventy Six. We talked story. about that kind of thing. You know, the book is already, I think, like sixty pages or sure. something. So it was, uh, you know, it was, it was, it was hard to get it all in. There is yeah, that, uh, that cover, the, yeah. that that awesome cover of all the caps. Exactly. There's a phenomenal Sprouse cover of uh, all the all the different caps, and and you know that was that was a real thrill to see. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's a thing where, um, you know, there's a lot of Steve in, in, in that issue and, and, uh, um, you know, it, it is largely the story of his return, but Sam plays a major role in it and, uh, you know, plays a, a, a major role in eight and going forward. Um, so, you know, it's, it's a thing where it's the 75th anniversary of the character. We had a lot of, of balls to juggle um between that and standoff so it was you know it was a big challenge but uh i'm really proud of the issue and daniel acuna just did a did phenomenal work on it so i'm I'm such a fan of his too he's so really it's it's kind of and it's a different art style but it's sort of like darwin cook too where he just taps into kind of this silver age kind of vibe yeah yeah and he can't help it yeah and that's that's terrific yeah i love that no no he's he's doing he's doing phenomenal work um, you know, and then, uh, uh, Jesus Saez is doing, uh, the, the, the Steve the book. Steve um, oh, the, the, yeah, the regular Steve book yeah, that, he's, that comes in April. Yeah. He's, he's, he's doing standoff. He did the standoff alpha, obviously. And, and mm-hmm. then he's, uh, he's doing the Steve stuff going forward. And, you know, the, both those guys are, are, are like David Macho's guys and, and, uh, uh, really just, um, I'm so lucky to get to work with those guys. They're amazing artists. That's excellent, man. No, very cool, and uh, I'm I am I'm, I'm excited. I can't believe it's been five years since seven, the seventieth anniversary, and that had <laughs> great side stories in it and stuff. So no, exactly, exactly. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's look, it's 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 getting up there. You know, like it's going to be a, it's going to you know twenty five more years. 
We're talking about a century. Yeah, well, hey, man, I'm, I'll be I'll be enjoying that <laughs> right? uh, as an old man. Absolutely, man. I I, I look crazy. forward to it. I think that's great. So uh, no, I'm. Uh, I figure I'll be that's... just finishing up my run. I'll morning be, glories will be just wrapping I'll, up at that exactly. Point. Morning glories, morning <laughs> glories will will uh, uh, still still be. Uh, yeah, I mean, I fi- that's what I figure. I figure I'll be tying up some loose plot threads around then. So <laughs> that's that. well, if I'm still if I'm uh, uh, still uh, sane and not senile at that point, I hope you'll come there back we and, go. and talk as we as we celebrate our on, uh, our thirty sixth year exactly at that point. on on the hollow on the hollow <laughs> chat or. Have you. It'll be beamed directly into people's exactly. brains. Exactly. Exactly. It's awesome. I uh, no, that's great, man. And I, honestly, I think you're doing a hell of a job on on Sam. And I look forward to see what you've got planned for Steve when he comes back to uh, to full speed. And you've got these two companion books to, yeah. I mean, that's I think right. illustrate a very interesting time. And again, I appreciate the politics that are even there in standoff and and that very question of as you say, security versus liberty. Well, you know, you know, look, it's very it's 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 very easy right now to just let the newspaper write the books for me. You know, Why not? So so that's 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 uh, uh, that's kind of the benefit. The will Roxanne run for president or something like that? Is it is it isn't there a Roxanne? Isn't there a guy in charge of Roxanne with that name? Right, <laughs> right, right, right. I know the Stark. Uh, that's why I'm trying to think of a Stark kind of. Uh, Adversary that could you know be the Trump for I the think, Marvel. Look, I guess he could be the Trump for the Norman for the for the Marvel universe. Yeah, exactly. Look, I think that uh, my personal belief is we should lean into this because the world does not get this crazy very often. So it is. Uh, it is. Hey, man, you know I'm I'm in Chicago, and just two days ago we had a it's nuts. A, you know, was, I have to say because Bendis had asked me about it as well. It was it was contained. In a way that other political skirmishes in Chicago's past weren't. Yeah, and and luckily, I mean that's the thing. So luckily, it didn't get that out of control. It got out of control in a bad way. Sure, and anything that's that bad is is really a, a disappointment. But I have to say, I am relieved that things quieted down. Definitely, definitely. In a, in a reasonable amount of time. I think so, that yeah. I think that what everybody is is looking at is is you know Cleveland is obviously the site of yes. the of the convention <laughs> and and just. Uh, uh, you know, there's going to be a, a cop on every sidewalk block. It sounds like there's, it's just uh, yep. it's going to be absolutely insane. These are strange times. So yes, I say I just feel like, I, you know, I feel like yeah, I feel like storytellers, you, you know, should should all take the advantage to kind of you take the opportunity to lean into this. And I would agree. Well, and especially uh, like a character like Captain America. What is what does that mean? I mean, you know, um, I was going to say Jason. I think has that same very fun question to ask when, and I always love saying this because I feel incredibly nerdy when I say it, the Odin son is no longer. <laughs> right. What does it mean? What does he, if he, if he can't be Thor, then what is he as interesting? And again, it's great to see a woman be Thor Definitely. and that's fun to explore, but there's the balance. And I think you have that same chance. Well, you had it during Steve's senior citizen period. Right. Of if I can't be Captain America, what am I? Right. And luckily, also unlike some other characters that might have a crisis of conscience at that point and not know who they are, Steve Rogers clearly does know who he is, even as a senior citizen, and still has a job to do and can still do it effectively well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that's I think that's one of the key differences between the stories is that that Steve Definitely. Steve is the kind of guy who I feel like you know you can take that costume away and you can take the shield away and 
he's still Steve. You know, yep. like it's still it's 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 still fundamentally the same guy. It may not he may not carry the same weight when he walks onto a stage, uh, but you know it, 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 who he is and you know uh, you know how he functions doesn't change a great deal. Um, you know, so so yeah, I mean, I think that that's that's an important distinction between the two stories. We're getting our third Captain America movie coming up in a couple yeah. months, and the other two were really great and really got to the core of the character. And also we had a really good Ant-Man movie last year. Does watching those impact your writing in any way? It really does. Uh, you know, and I kind of I kind of laugh when people say it doesn't. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, well, there you go. I, uh, it's another thing that, that I feel like we should lean into. And, and you know, I think it's going to be really sad if, look, Everything has gravity. Someday, superhero movies may not all, you know, make hundreds upon hundreds of millions of dollars, you know, virtually sure. guaranteed. And, uh, you know, there may not be, uh, you know, as much demand for these connected universes and, and uh, you know, for, for, you know, however many movies, uh, you know, Marvel has now. Um, you know, and I think it's going to be a real shame if... You know, when when or if this moment passes, it's going to be a real shame if we're like, well, we didn't really take as much advantage of it as we could have because, you know, people don't really like when you change Thor's boots. You know, like like it's, it, it, people, people don't really like when 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 you make things, uh, you know, more like more like something else. One of my first gigs work for hire was Jimmy Olsen. And yes. Jimmy Olsen is not a comics character. Jimmy Olsen is a radio show character. That was that was ported over, and when you look at the mythology of Superman, so many of the things that you think of as foundational, as as you know, just core parts of who the character is, they came from the radio show, they came from the TV shows, you know, they, right. they 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 came through that sort of uh, give and take, and and you know, smart writers and storytellers being like, of course I'll steal that. Of course I'll Kryptonite. take that. That that, that Kryptonite works. came from the Kryptonite is, from the is, is another is another great example. Um, you know, and not to mention just tonally, uh, you know, what, you know, the Superman radio show and, and, and then the TV show did in terms of, uh, making the comics character, uh, more approachable for a mass audience. Um, and so even the physicality that Superman adopts to be different as Clark Kent and as Superman it started on radio with Bud Collier going, "This is a job for Superman." Exactly, and you know, you, you know, literally that kind of change yeah. in the voice to illustrate. All right, I got to be a different person now. And um, there, it's funny. I always talk about love with uh, with Clark Kent's portrayal on the TV show. I loved it because you're right. I think it is opposed to showing a difference in terms of meekness or whatever. It was more that, no, this is how Superman can act as a man of the people. And also what I love too is it's like this is where Superman's a detective, investigative right. journalist. And I love those conversations with Clark and Inspector Henderson where he's like, now don't give me that nonsense, Bill. You're holding back. <laughs> exactly. All right, Ken. Exactly. You know, and it's like – and that's great because again, it just gave – and also whenever they were in trouble, it's – I wish Mr. Kent were here. He'd know what to do. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you know, as much as it was Superman, a lot of times it was, God, I wish Mr. Kent were here. Yeah, no, no, exactly. And, and that's, that's, what, that's the other big thing <laughs> is uh, once you have those voices, um, the, once, once, once a good actor 
is able to come in and give you that voice, that voice will live in your head. And it will always help you, uh, you know, as a writer, that you're just sort of always able to hear Anthony Mackie's voice or you're always able to hear Chris Evans' voice. And, you know, it, it will tell you whether or not a line sounds correct or not. Um, you know, it will tell you whether or not something sounds out of character. Uh, and, you know, it, 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 so, it, so it's a huge asset. Um, and I, I find there's, there's, there's a, what you hear a lot of people say whenever there's, whenever there's a perception that something is being done to write towards the movie audience. Um, you know, for instance, I mean, a, a great example of this. We're going to do this uh, Steve Rogers Captain America book. It's going to launch uh, within, I think, like we're doing the free comic book day. I think the weekend that the movie comes out. And, okay. Uh, you know, the, the first issue of the book comes out, I think, a week or two later or something like that. So, you know, it's obviously timed to coincide right. with the movie. And a lot of people obviously say, uh, you know, millions of people go to see these movies and, you know, they're not rushing into a comic book store to pick up the book. You know, that right. this idea um, that, uh, you know, that, that, that these things are sort of folly because you're chasing an audience that will never love you as much as I do. Is the basic argument I think you know of the of the Wednesday Warriors? Yeah, exactly. Sure. That that why are you chasing after them when I've been loyal to you for God knows how long? It's it's absolutely uh, you know, and I I I'm I'm sympathetic. I understand, but <laughs> sure, um, sure. But what I would say is a, there are so many methods of delivery for these books now that people don't understand uh like like this is just a general pet peeve of mine anyways that we still have all of these discussions around direct market estimates of our of our single issue books uh you know and and that that is how we're we're purporting to to declare whether or not a book is a success or not uh you know go into any barnes and noble uh the week that the captain america movie comes out you will see a display that is full of Captain America collected volumes. Uh, Absolutely. They are not doing that because books do not sell uh, around then. You know, go, go, go on to Amazon's site the week that the Deadpool movie comes out. You will see ads for loads of Deadpool books. Uh, Amazon is not giving up that value, very valuable front page real estate because books don't sell around these things. Um, do you know? Do they have a, an impact? Uh, you know, in terms of single issues in the direct market, yes, it, it it does have a it does have an appreciable positive impact there as well. But the the net impact of that of that promotion of that sort of free publicity that you get from these movies, and I really learned this doing Ant Man. You know, is uh, yes, I want to hear this. Go you know, on. we 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 put that out so that we got five issues out before the movie came out so that the trade was on shelves when the movie comes out. And there's also, there's obviously digital with comicsology and whatnot. Sure. Um, you know, and, uh, so, so when people say this isn't moving the needle, uh, that's very wrong. And if they're saying that it doesn't move the needle in terms of the direct market, that is also wrong because the units being sold overall is still getting higher and higher. Like it's still generally climbing. Uh, you know, so there's little peaks and valleys now, but 
generally the trajectory has been upward and trying to divorce at least some of that from the success of these films uh, is, is just not, you know, it's obviously helping. So, uh, so, so, you know, I think, I think it's a thing that we should lean into. Now, I don't think that we should go overboard with it. You know, like I, I, I completely, I've, I completely re- understand and relate to those times when I see a story that I feel like bent continuity too far or, you know, uh, took away something that was working really well in comics to replace it with something that, you know, doesn't work nearly as well as it worked in a movie. I completely understand, you know, that that can happen. But within reason, I think it's always smart to, uh, to, to you know, to build off of the success. Like, because, I mean, this is a huge moment in media. I really do think that one, one day we're going to look back and, you know, we're going to call it a golden age because Absolutely. It's, it's insane, you know? Like, well, like, hey, man, yeah, the amount of product that's out there beyond comics based on comics is unheard of. The night that they did the Captain America 75th anniversary, you had two over-the-air national television networks devote their entire primetime lineup to comic book heroes. It was it was it was pretty insane. Uh, Absolutely, and uh, you know it, it's it's just a thing where um, you know I, I I really do think that that uh, if we don't take as much advantage of this as we can, and if we don't. Uh, do as much as we can to kind of open our doors to people who are getting excited about these characters and, uh, you know, doing everything that we can to bring them into shops and and to get them picking up books. Uh, You know, I really think it's something that we'll regret. And, you know, so I, 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 uh, it's, it's been fun. You know, this is a thing that, that over the last year I've been in a lot and uh, we don't talk about it a lot when we're making the books. Like, like it's, it's not like, you know, you're getting, uh, lots of notes or thoughts about movie connections or anything sure. like that. It really doesn't come up very much at all, um, it, you know. But uh, I think it's always kind of looming that you know you 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 want to uh, you want to be a part of this. That you know. Uh, and look, it's I the, the Marvel were very nice uh, last year. They they they. Uh, my wife and I got to go to the, uh, you know, to the Ant Man premiere, and terrific. It's it's just crazy, you know. Like like it's just this is Ant Man. Ant Man made like a half a billion dollars or something. Ant Man. I hear you, man. <laughs> you know, I know. You know. I know. It's, uh, and that's the funny thing. Yeah, we're all. I mean, and rightfully so. The recent success of Deadpool is really incredible. But that you know, though, that was the thing. I think Ant Man was. It met the expectations that the studio had. And I know at the end of the summer when I talked to Joe Casada and I talked to Jeff Loeb too, just as they're, they're like kind of the higher sure. Marvel guys that I talked to. And I'm like, are they happy? Are the bosses happy? Did it do what it was supposed to do? And both are like, yeah, absolutely, very much so. And certainly Joe and even more so in his role as chief creative officer. Um, you know, yeah. And that's that's terrific. So did you meet Paul Rudd? Uh, no, no, no. Uh I, you know, or did you meet Peyton Reed, I the kept, director? I kept a very low profile because I said to him, I said that it was those guys' night to shine, you know, and I just, I didn't, sure. I didn't want to take away from that. I understand. <laughs> I understand. I'm, I'm really kidding. Uh, no, no. Oh, did you? Oh, good. Well, that's good. So tell me about <laughs> no, it. No, no, no. Uh, it was a lot of fun though. You know, like, like I mean, I think that that. Uh, 
you know. They, well, no, I know you're not stealing their thunder, but I thought maybe you were giving them space to enjoy their moment. Right, of right. Uh, and you're not going to be. Hey, by the way, I, I write the I, comic. I, I, you that, know, uh, I don't. I don't want to. Yeah, I don't want to steal their headlines. So, um, <laughs> you know, uh, Peyton Reed retweeted me once, so that was nice. That's nice. That's. <laughs> No, 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 but but uh, uh, look, it's 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 a cool experience to get to be a part of that stuff and and just um, uh, oh, sure. you know l- launching an Ant Man book and and um, uh, it, you know it's 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 not a character that has traditionally uh, you know been able yeah, to support yeah. Uh, yeah. you know Very his good title Ant stories over the years and you know. By various creators and stuff, but yeah, not anything that could sustain a monthly certainly. Yeah, and you know, such a great character that you know Scott Lang in particular is just you know uh, the 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 core conception of the character is so good, um, a, you know, and uh, uh, just just a superhero single dad is is such a great uh, yes, you know, is, is such he a great thing to build the- on. And thief that steals the technology to save his daughter. Yeah, yeah, and you know it's. I, you know, I bought that Marvel premiere thinking it was going to be a Hank Pym story. <laughs> right. I really, as a kid, I, I remember buying that and going, "Oh, that's interesting." And it was, and it was a great story. It, it, it was it, cool. It really was. It, it's 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 a really great origin story, and you know the character got a lot of of opportunities to you know, the, the the character through the decades. Kind yes. of, uh, it seemed like a character that that obviously there had been plans for him to get a book, and then it didn't happen. And then it didn't happen again, uh, you know. And so, uh, you know, he kind of keeps popping up and popping up, um, you know. And uh, so it was nice to finally kind of get to do, uh, you know, the uh, a longer Scott Lang run. You know, uh, I think the character is really overdue for it, and, and um, uh, you know, we're we're, st- we're still having a, a blast with that book. That's excellent, and yeah, I'm I'm really interested to see uh, moving forward. You know, yeah, how he plays in in Civil War in the movie and everything too. Yeah, definitely, uh, definitely. I mean, that's 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 only going to help too. Uh, yeah. You know, so yeah, no, no, it's I I I really love working on that book. Really love working with Ramona Zanis, the artist, and and you know Brent mm-hmm. Schoonover is helping us out now. And oh, that's uh, great. Yeah, well, I that's love great, that. man. I, yeah. He's a good friend. Yeah, yeah. And I and I was really happy for him when he got Howling Commandos. Definitely, and, definitely. You know, yeah, he helped us out. He did. Uh, he 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 did some work. He did on the Ant-Man Annual, the the Scott and Hank Pym story. Uh, so, you know, I, I, I've been a big fan of his work for a long time. And so, yeah, he's, 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 uh, coming in, he's doing actually the civil war tie in issues. So, terrific. Uh, so that'll oh, be a lot of fun. Great. Yeah. Fantastic. No, he's a, like I said, good friend. And I'm really happy that things are starting to happen with him over at Marvel as well. Absolutely. So well, deserved. very, very cool, man. All right. So is, does that clear our Marvel, uh, our, our Marvel books? Cause I, I want to, I do yeah. want to talk about later on books and what's going on. I think, I think that, I think that covers it. Um, yeah, I mean, Ant-Man is kind of, um, uh, getting to the end of, of a, of a big 10 part story. So, uh, after that we'll go into civil war. Um, and, uh, we just did our sort of Cassie Lang spotlight issue and, uh, that was a lot of fun. And, and, um, uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's all been, been going pretty fantastically, but, uh, he's got big stuff coming for, for civil war. 
so yeah, yeah, and uh, I think that I think that's it on the Marvel side for now. Excellent, man. Now we we mentioned Morning Glories, and I'm I'm always interested because again, you guys who have these long term books in Image, how are things going? Uh, you know, I mean, things are challenging right now, but uh, we still have a really nice uh, back catalog of trades and collections and stuff that's that's being very good to us. Uh, most people read that book in in uh, in collected form. So, uh, sometimes, uh, you know, you hit these stretches where you have to be a little patient with it, but, uh, you know, we're committed. Me and, me and Joe are, are, uh, you know, big believers in, in the story that we're doing. We're, we're, uh, you know, working on the 50th issue right now. Um, and you know, that should hopefully get out there sometime in the spring. It's gigantic. I think it's going to be like 60 pages. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, so it's a lot of work. So we, you know, we had 49 come out on December the 31st, I think, or the 30th. Um, you know, so we hate making people wait this long for it, but there's only so much you can do when, when the, when the issue is this long and, and, you know, it's the same creative team. And then, uh, once we've got this issue done, uh, we're going to take a little bit of a break and build up some issues, kind of get our lead time back. We'll be relaunching okay. uh, as Morning Glory's summer vacation. Um, we don't have a date on it yet. You know, like I said, we want to get some issues done before we solicit. So, uh, but you know, it 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 was it was it was a good time for us inside the story uh, to do the new number one. It was a good it was a good point for us uh, to kind of divide things up. The books always had a, a sort of strong uh, season structure to it mm-hmm. uh you know we've had two 25 issue seasons um this one might be a little bit shorter but um you know for for me it's important to kind of give people those markers on a book like this because obviously it is a huge investment um yeah. and so uh so you know we wanted we we thought a lot about doing a new number one after issue 25 after the end of the first season in retrospect mm-hmm. maybe we should have uh you know so we didn't want to pass up the opportunity this time but um it, you know it, it, it's it's a thing where uh uh the 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 scenery and the situation of the characters changes so significantly after 50 that it really okay. felt like a, a good opportunity and 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 a nice and a nice place for people to be able to uh jump on um it's not summer vacation isn't you can't just pick up the book blind with it but uh you know what our hope is that uh you know it'll give people that excuse to go back and catch up or um you know to to go back and and read this first 50 uh and then come on board from there any plans on doing any sort of uh, like 50 issue omnibus or is that an expensive we did we did we we are the issue here is you know we average about 28 pages on that book 28 to 30 pages so we were able to do our compendium after 38 issues so we have a 38 issue compendium out there that i believe retails for 50 which is a screaming deal so uh you know it's it's bigger at 38 uh, I like saying this. It's bigger at 38 than The Walking Dead's at 50. 50 was. So, wow. Okay. Yeah, so, absolutely. Uh, I mean, it's not as good, but I, you know, I understand. <laughs> but, but, it, but there are more pages. 
Um, All right. Uh, you know, it's, it, it, which, it, you know. Uh, our book weighs more. But our book does weigh more. Our book is more of a pain to carry through airport security. So, I can appreciate that. Uh, Absolutely. So, so we, we do have that going for us. But, you know, I was really proud when we got those compendiums. I, I liked getting the deluxe hardcovers and stuff of the, of the 12. Sure. But uh, and I think at some point we're going to do some kind of slip covers of, of 25 each or, or whatever. OK. Um, OK. But uh, the uh, but the compendium was awesome because I used to always look at the at the Walking Dead ones really and eye them very jealously. And, and uh, you know, to me, when you got the phone book, that's when you should feel really proud. And by the end of this, we should hopefully have three of those. So, uh, you know, it's, it's a lot of shelf space will be taken up. Do you think the, will the final, will this be the final 25 then with summer vacation? No, or? no, no. I mean, the book is still, the book is still going to go a little bit over a hundred, you know, wow. like, like it's, okay. it's outlined. Like it just, I, you know, like, sure. like I would have sure. to do extra work to, to have it, to have it, uh, okay. end sooner. So no, one way or another, we'll get there. But your core audience is still with you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like it, it, the one thing about that book is it has the 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 strongest uh, the strongest fan base of anything I've ever worked on. That 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 it, no matter how you know I'll get a big Marvel book and and you know it'll sell a lot of copies and I'll get a lot of nice responses. Don't get me wrong, but nothing like what we get on Morning Glories. What we get on Morning Glories is. You know, these people updating the wiki with like 400 pages on it now and, uh, you know, people doing, you know, fan fiction and fan art and uh, coming to the coming to the chats. We do these we do these live chats uh, every, every time there's a new issue, the night of 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 a new issue release. And, you know, there's always, you know, from start to finish. Uh, you know, a, a really healthy turnout for those things. You know, 20, 30 people will, will show up and, and talk about the book with us. Every year we do this uh, study hall panel at, at New York, uh, at New York Comic Con. That, sure. that every year I'm convinced that we are going to walk into that thing and nobody is going to be there. And like, it's going to be like us talking to four or five people. Every year that thing is packed. Um, you know, so it's a thing that they, you know, it has this diehard audience The the conversation in comics is so built around new books, um, you know, and, and the way that things get covered, you, you know, everybody talks about your book for the first few issues and, uh, you know, then the conversation just sort of fades and that even books that people really like, uh, you know, once they get up to issue 25, issue 30, you hear so much less about them. Yes, um, absolutely. And you know, it's 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 something that I think is a big problem, and you know, a thing that 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 you know we need to kind of make a concerted effort to address because to me, the best thing about comics is, are the long runs. Um, you know that 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 if if I if I thought that I were just writing you know twelve to fifteen issue stories. I would get extremely bored with writing in this medium very quickly that the really good stuff comes uh, from being able to build large stories most of the time. Um, and so, you know, to, to, to have a book that's managed to hold on to that, to that support, um, you know, that has that hardcore audience uh, is, is really great to me. And, um, you know, uh, we, I, I, of course, wish that we could find ways to get that kind of attention on the book again, but 
in terms of in terms of you know the 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 hardcore fan base, it's still definitely there. Well, that's cool, and I mean, well, again, the problem is there are so many great books it's that are creator owned, and and still great runs happening at uh, the big you know the big two as well. I think and I, I think, think look, we're we're living. It's in, a good problem to have. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, that there is so much quality. Out yeah, there. we're living through a time of of a lot of quality, top to bottom. Anybody who tries to argue otherwise is nuts. Like it's it's just between you know. Uh, uh, what Marvel's doing, you know, there are some definitely some good DC books out there. More than anything, I mean, the the you know what Image has done over the last sure. few years is just phenomenal, um, and you know we're seeing a lot of really incredible work come out of it that I think is going to hold up for a long time. Um, Licensed books have never been better. Yeah, you know, Dark top Horse to has bottom. a very individual voice. Valiant has a very individual voice. Absolutely. T- top to bottom, there's just a lot of quality out there right now, and that makes you know that makes for very tough competition. Um, and look, it's only natural. I totally understand it. When when a new book comes out, everybody picks it up to try it at the same time. Right. Everybody reads it at the same time, so everybody wants to talk about the same thing at once. Uh, you know, and obviously, if you liked a new book, uh, you know, you want to tell other people that you liked it, uh, you know, to give it the best, the best opportunity for success. So I totally understand why these things are as front loaded as they are. And when you talk to guys who run, you know, the, 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 the bigger comic news websites and whatnot, they'll, the, you know, they're, they're dealing with the exact same thing. They'll be like, well, an article about a new book gets X number of clicks while an article about, you know, a new arc on a book that's been around for five years it's this number of clicks. That's just sort of, you know, that's sure. the math that literally everybody deals with. Uh, you know, what I, what, what concerns me, uh, I think more than anything is, is we don't want to get into a situation where, uh, you know, people were saying, I love new number ones, you know, which was, you do hear sometimes. And it's, it's a little terrifying because like I, it's kind of like saying, I really love the first 15 seconds of a song. You know, that, sure. that, that, absolutely. That, that what you don't want to get into is a sort of uh, thing where the market is selling pilots, you know, where where Brilliant. where everybody is 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 sort of flocking to first issues and new number ones of either. You know, this is true of of, uh, you know, superhero books. It's, you know, it's a uh, big two books of of, uh, you know, of creator own books. You, you don't want to get into a situation where. Uh, you know, we've got a market built around uh, solely on number one, uh, around the beginnings of stories. Um, to Agreed. me, the 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 thing that you want more than anything in comics is people taking photos of their shelves and there being multiple volumes of every book. You know, that's 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 really that's sustainable comics. That's when when people when it when people followed a book from A to Z. You know, when they when they read Y from issue one to issue sixty. And, you know, then that sits on their shelf as a stack of collections uh, that that's the healthiest long term game plan for comics is, is you know, that kind of reading. Um, so, you know, uh, what we do on Morning Glory is we try to contribute to that kind of thing. It's not it's not always easy, but, uh, you know, overall, we're 50 issues in and still around. So, you know, we keep it going. That's cool. Well, and again, I think why is a different book than, say, Spider-Man or Superman? And to be honest, I do think that when it comes to the big two and the recurring characters or teams of heroes, I think it would be in their better interest to – because, again, everyone doesn't know where to start. 
And if you – I mean you know, these things are built to be five-part stories, six-part stories. I don't think there's anything wrong with Superman Attack on Kandor 1 through 6 and then we go to Superman Crisis at the Daily Planet. Uh, right. I think I think we're in a in a transitional period where we're still figuring out uh, I you know and I particularly think this is true for big two books. Uh, you know, we're still figuring out um, how to deliver these things. That that the old model of you know, Superman number 712, uh, is probably not coming back. Yeah. Right. You know, like that, that it used to be, uh, it used to be that, that like when I was a kid, they, they say that, that, that they tried to have big numbers on the books Absolutely. because it told the, it told the kids, uh, you know, this book is important. I mean, it's, it's lasted for 600 issues. Like, like, like the, you know, that that was a that there was a prestige factor to that uh, that actually helped them sell books, that it was actually harder, uh, you know, to have books in the early numbers. Um, so that's just that's a taste change. That's just that's you know, that's just, uh, uh, you know, a thing that's changed for a lot of readers in terms of when they want to jump on or when they want to jump off. Um, right. And right. so it's, you know, I think that we're still figuring out. Uh, you know, what is the, what's the new delivery method for a lot of these books? And, uh, you know, should they be, you know, should they have story titles beneath character titles? Uh, I definitely, I'm a, I'm a big believer. I've, I've said this a lot that I think that having a new volume of a book with the exact same name as the previous volume is just confusing and it's a nightmare. And anybody who has gone through and tried to like, grab back issues of a book and has run into that thing where a book ran for, for, you know, 12 issues and then started over. It's like, did that start in 2007 or did that start in 2008? You know, you've got to like, did you have that with Sam Wilson? Didn't Sam Wilson renumber again? Or no, did it because, be... because we, at least we Good. did, we did, we did a different title. So at least we got that thing where, you know, it went from all new Captain America to Sam Wilson, Captain America. Okay. So, well, okay. That's so at fine. least the name change. And we had it, we had it on Ant-Man as well. And you know, this was the thing that I really pushed for was I was like, just call it astonishing Ant-Man this time instead of just Ant-Man so that at Good least idea. you can be like Ant-Man comes before astonishing Ant-Man. Like, right. like at least you can say this is the order and people can understand, you know, the two different the two different titles, um, you know, whereas as opposed to, well, there's Ant-Man. I mean, because with Ant-Man, we were dealing with a situation where we did the first five issues and we were off for a few months and then we had a new number one in the same year. So I was like, right, if we do this this way, when you're going through Marvel Unlimited someday, you're going to see Ant-Man uh, with like 24. 2015 and then you're going to see another ant-man 2015 Absolutely. how do you know which one is, is which and so you know i so i think that these are things that we're still figuring out i'm not uh i know that, that there are a lot of like common complaints about sort of uh, uh we've got to we've got to make sure you know we, we about new number ones and 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 about relaunching too often and things like that i'm not totally convinced it, it 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 still looks to me like the needle moves positively at these relaunches. Like that 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 no matter how you slice it, they probably did sell more than issue seventeen of the book, and that people sure. do use them as jump on points. Sure. Uh, but you know, I think that that 
there are kinks to still work out in terms of in terms of yeah. how how it's done effectively. Agreed. Absolutely. Very confusing and, and stuff. Now you had the great run on Superior Foes of Spider Man. Yeah. And and you and Steve Lieber had a great time working together, and it obviously came through in the and it came through in the book, man. No, very funny book. That is the last time, other than the presser for Ant Man, that you were on Word Balloon. Right. Was I was telling you how much I loved uh, Superior Foes, and now you guys are getting back together and doing a different kind of. Is it still a caper book that you're doing for Image? It's definitely still a caper. It's it's a, it's a crime comedy. I mean, we wanted to do a book that, uh, if you read Superior Foes of Spider Man, uh, and you picked this up. Odds are pretty good that you'll 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 also think that this is funny and you'll also want to read this book. Uh, it's you know it's it's a different uh, it's a different story in that obviously sure. it's not it's not capes and tights and uh, you know it's it's a little more grounded. It's uh, and we wanted to we wanted to take advantage of the strengths uh, that 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 the creator inside offers in terms of. Obviously, we can. It's it's a mature reader's book. You know, we can we can use uh, the dirty words and and, and the the disgusting jokes that that uh, you know we would like to use. Um, you know, we we drove poor Steve Wacker and and uh, you know all the other editors on Spearfish just nuts, uh, constantly <laughs> trying to sneak in uh, profanity or sexual situations. <laughs> Uh, at every opportunity, and and you know, if you know Steve Wacker, he's like an inherently decent guy. Like he's just he's he's just he's just a guy with a strong moral core. And so uh, uh, you know, um, uh, to have to deal, you know, just the shame, just just how I could take Steve being upset with me. I could take Wacker being upset with me, but I couldn't always take Wacker being ashamed of me. You know, like that was that was hard. So. Um, yeah. So 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 you know. So to not have him there to 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 to, to just you know, yeah. give you kind of a disapproving, disappointed uh, <laughs> glance was was uh, was nice actually. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's meaner. You know, that, I, I think I think what? I think the fact of the matter is the book's a little meaner. Like like Superior Foes. Uh, you know, Fred was a, a bad guy. A horrible guy, but you could always kind of feel uh, he, 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 he never stopped selling you on this idea that he was an underdog. And, you know, he never stopped kind of trying to convince you uh, that, that, you know, like, like you, you still wanted to see him. You still wanted to see him as Charlie Brown trying to kick the football, you know, like sure, and we were sure. constantly putting him up against people who were worse uh, which helps yes. you to be able to pull for him, um, but you know, ultimately with the fix, I said let's let's see how people respond when when the protagonist isn't even that good, you know, like like let's 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 just do this, you know, where there's nobody that's really redeeming, you know. We talked about kind of uh, you know early on doing it kind of Coen Brothers style. Where there's okay. really nobody good, you know. There, there's, there's, you know, like, like, like most, not certainly not all, but most Coen Brothers movies, it's really hard to piece out who you would say is the good person in these mm-hmm. stories. And you know, so we said, dude, let's 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 just try to do something where there's no real redeeming qualities to these people, and just put them through awful things, 
and uh, you know, let's see how it goes. So, uh, so it's a little meaner, definitely more profane, um, but uh, you know, and a little more freewheeling. Uh, Spirit Boost is actually really tightly plotted, um, whereas this uh, this kind of uh, it, 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 the intention is is to make it scalable, and we can kind of wander around within this world a bit. So. Uh, so yeah, so it's, it's an attempt to take that same kind of, of, of feel and vibe that Spear Foes had and, and, and make it our own thing. Will it be an ongoing or is it? Yeah, it's an ongoing, series? it's an ongoing. I mean, we don't wow. know, we don't know how long it's going to go yet, but, uh, you know, there's, there's, there's no like planned end in sight. Um, okay. so, you know, we'll see. It's, it's a thing where. Uh, certain plot points, uh, you know, will hit resolutions a while down the road, but, um, you know, it's, it's not a thing of, 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 you know, this is, this is 10 issues or 12 issues and, okay. and uh, this is how it ends. It's intended to, 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 it's, it's intended to have much more of a scalable slash domino effect where, uh, you know, every, every solved thing can lead to another thing. Okay. Okay, I'm uh, no, I'm I'm excited to see what you do because I think Superior Foes was such a refreshing kind of take on all those characters, and also, um, you know, it was really when their masks were off and they were just being people that I think the story really got interesting. And obviously, here you are just dealing with people definitely, in the fix, definitely. And you know, so, so much of that is Steve, and and you know, sure. he's he is just. Uh, you know, I'm so lucky to get to work with him, and he's he's, he's such a, a profoundly funny guy and and such a Indeed. great storyteller. Yeah, I'm, you know, I've run into him a lot uh, at a bunch of conventions the last couple of years, and uh, we've had a lot of conversations. He's really good. Sarah's great too, as well. She's she's a hell of a writer as well. Definitely. Definitely. So, no, there's a powerhouse couple. Definitely. That's great, man. No, and I'm really glad that. Um, Clearly, things did go well enough, at least, and certainly did critically. And I'm assuming you did build enough of an audience with Superior that you can, you know. I mean, obviously, you're taking on this image book. Marvel seemed really happy with Superior Fist. I mean, they 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 even gave it the omnibus treatment and stuff. Like, I saw. I've been I've been promoting that on my uh, commercials for Instock Trades. Yeah, Absolutely, thank you. Man. Yeah, yeah. It, it it that was uh that was a big deal, and and you know, I think really showed that that uh, look. One of the one of the great things about that that project for me was uh, you don't get to do at Marvel a lot of times. Uh, the 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 machine is kind of built to obviously sort of be in the moment, you know, to to be interconnected and to be driving towards whatever the next big thing is. Um, yes. and you don't get to do a lot of those books that are very shelf concerned, you know, um, and yet. When you look back and you say, like, well, what are your favorite Marvel books of, let's say, the previous decade? Odds are, you know, I mean, I'm going to say a lot of things like Thor, the Mighty Avenger or Next Wave. Absolutely. Uh, you know, these these books that Agents of Atlas. Agents of Atlas is another great one. You know, the, these books that weren't terribly connected to continuity, that weren't, you know, that, that, that didn't lead to, to big deal events or what have you. Um you know, but they can oftentimes have a really long life on the shelf. Um, you know, as I think we're in the midst of one of those with Tom King's vision. I think, yeah, I think that's a great example. I think that that's a that's a, that's a really great example. You know, and and when those books happen, uh, you know, I think Marvel's gotten a lot better about 
catching it early, realizing what they have. This is kind of the house that Hawkeye built in a lot of ways, you know. That Certainly. They, Absolutely. Fraction and Aja, yeah, definitely. That they, that they, you know, Marvel realized that there's a commercial path for books that get that kind of response, um, you know, and that it takes a different kind of marketing touch and it takes, uh, you know, it takes sort of a different approach. But uh, when you can do it, it can, it can reap really big benefits. And, um, you know, so... So yeah, it, it's 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 a thing where uh, seeing them commit to the book in that kind of format was was uh, really cool and and means that we'll have a, a longer life uh, in stores and certainly them putting that out you know uh, in February when we were soliciting uh, the fix and everything it could not have 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 asked for more so um, and to me this is kind of how it's supposed to work like to me you know a creative team gets together. They do a Marvel book or a DC book or what have you. People will respond to it, uh, you know, and then that team gets an opportunity to go and do their do their own, create their own book. And, you know, you can bring those readers over and hopefully it becomes that mutually beneficial relationship. And, and you know, that, that one helps to sell the other and vice versa and everybody wins that's 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 sort of the goal so to get to do it as cleanly as this to you know like is is nice to to get to uh you know port over the same creative team and do a very similar kind of book um you know hopefully it works absolutely man no i'm rooting for you guys and i look forward to starting to read the fix and then enjoying it so thanks so much that'll be great i meant to ask you earlier we talked about it off the air that you said that this last uh, Marvel retreat was your first Marvel retreat. It was. So uh, so tell me about the experience. What was it like? I had a great time. I had a great time. We're actually we're gearing up for another one. Uh, yeah, I heard one's coming up in April. One's, yeah, one's, one's coming up, and I've got a lot of stuff to do with that one. So, uh, you know, I'm kind of down in the trenches getting ready for it. Cause, uh, but, yeah, yeah I, I had obviously been on the outside of them for a, a long time. Sure. You know, and, uh, you know, my involvement in them would usually constitute calling up Hickman and being like, what did they talk about? What do they do? What should I be pitching? <laughs> what, 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 you know, who, who are they? Sure. Who are they killing? I won't pitch that guy. <laughs> uh, you know, so, um, you know, so to get to, 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 to get to be, uh, in the room finally was, was a lot of fun. And, and, um, uh, you know, obviously the discussion was was really built around uh, uh, around Civil War and a lot. And um, that was really fun for me because obviously, you know, Brian is is heading up the event and I really do enjoy watching him work and, uh, you know, seeing how he handled the room and, uh, you know, how he laid things out and, uh, you know, just how he navigated those waters and everything. That was, it was really interesting for, for me to watch as somebody who's obviously always, you know, looked up to the guy and everything. It's, it was, it was cool to, uh, you know, to get to see that firsthand. Um, you know, it's, 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 it's look, the, really good things usually happen, uh, when you put 20 writers in a room as opposed to, uh, you know, everybody sitting at home at their desks. Um, you know, there's a reason why, you know, TV is built around writer's rooms and there's a reason why most movies have more than one writing credit. Um, you know, it, it, the collaboration works. And uh, so it was, you know, it was, it was really great uh, to, to, to get to throw ideas around. And obviously we had a lot of cap stuff and, uh, 
uh, a lot of uh, standoff stuff in the mix at the time. So it was it was it was a sort of fun thing, and that I knew going in that I wasn't going to be able to just kind of go to my first one and and sit in the back and take notes, uh, you know, and uh, uh, you know get Mark Wade his coffee. Uh, you know, I knew, I knew that, that, that I was going to have to, uh, you know, that I was going to have to be awake and, um, you know, so, uh, you know, it was, it was, it was, it was really great though. I have enormous, Excellent. I have enormous to say it's a really, it's a really fun, uh, really interesting group of, of writers that are going to those things right now. Um, you know, some of them are just so naturally, uh, instinctively, uh, great idea guys, you know, that just, um, you know, it, it is, I, you know, I, I mentioned him a lot, but it's, it's always interesting to get, uh, you know, Jonathan Hickman's take on any idea, uh, that it just, it's always going to be, uh, you know, it's, it's, it never fails to be, uh, coming from a direction that I didn't see. And that's that's always fascinating to me. Jason Aaron is is very much the same way. Jason's somebody who, Agreed. when you know he'll, it's it's the well, what if you did this? You know what 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 if what if you you know it's it's like the nice way of saying come at this from a completely different different angle. And uh, that you know I have I have enormous respect for 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 those guys. And and um, so it was it was really cool to 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 get to to get to get to see them all work and everything. Unfortunately, Hickman. I guess that was it for him, though, right? He won't be at this. Is he? Isn't he done with? Or is he? I could. I. I. I I couldn't say. Ah, there you go. I can neither confirm nor deny. I couldn't say. It'll be up to me to then (laughs) talk to John and see what's going (laughs) on, what his status is. Well, because he had said that um, Secret War was going to be his exit, so we'll see. Yeah, I guess I'm gonna have to uh, definitely follow up with John. Sure. I wanted to. Yeah, I wanted to find a good point to uh, talk to him about all of his creator-owned books before I did that. Big stuff coming. So. No, very cool, Matt. Well, the only other thing I want to talk about, and I don't know if you're interested or not, but just, yeah, we were we were having a little Twitter discussion and voicing <laughs> our opinions about the potential of there being uh, an R-rated Batman v Superman, a version of the story. Yeah, and right? I, And I just kind of felt that, you know, yeah, people should wait and see what this R-rated version, when it comes to DVD, what is involved. I, I heard, I didn't know this, Bendis had told me that there was supposedly an entire character that was created isn't that what the case was? That there was—I mean, I'd heard that. Is it or, just, or maybe, just to have their heads severed? Was that? I don't know. <laughs> well, is there definitely a head severing scene? Everybody, no, no. I, I think that we've. I think that mass conjecture sort of filled in the the, the storytelling. What the worst here. case scenarios uh, to make it? You know, I, I mean, uh, look, um, I will never. I have a natural kind of uh, Marvel fanboy trollishness. To me, sometimes when it comes to all DC slash Warner Brothers uh, products, um, you know, I, I enjoy uh, having some fun at their expense uh, sure, because sure. because they fired me. So, well, yeah, but, honestly, <laughs> I understand that. And like you said, well, no, and honestly, man, you did you made a contribution to Jimmy Olsen? You did you do did any of your Supergirl a little bit? Came I mean, out, right? I mean, about ten pages of that is mine. Wow! Uh, you wow! Know, about, there you go. About ten pages yeah. of that is mine. No, look, look. I here, here look. When uh, what you find is the people who who uh, complain about this stuff are typically the biggest Superman fans. Like that, that, that. It's, it's, it's. You know, when 
when you know when Mark Wade or Tom Brevoort or sure. Kevin McGuire, you know, these are people who are not complaining, uh, you know, because they they want to complain about about DC. I mean, I can't say whether or not they do or not, but I, you know, I think that that generally speaking, you know, like like it comes from a, a, a really sincere love of that character. And, Absolutely, and an understanding of how to present that character and tell great stories. And the that. fact that that generally, uh, you know, the, the 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 version of the character that that you see more and more uh, just doesn't it, it 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 doesn't connect to me. Like it just he just doesn't I understand. just doesn't uh, uh, you know, it doesn't ring a bell. Isn't isn't what I I grew up with. And I grew up with a I, major Superman revision. You know, I was a I was the John perfect Burkett. age for the burn run. So okay. I understand, you know, that there were lots of readers then who were just like, yeah, that, that that's not Superman. Sorry. That's that's just that's not the guy that's been around for, you know, the last my last 30 years, years of, yeah. of reading experience. Sure. Uh, sure. You know, so I, I totally get that. But I think that, that the there's no character more important to comics than Superman. Like there's Absolutely there's no great. there's there's. Like, you know, Spider-Man is very close and, you know, I think I think very important as is Batman. But, you know, to me, Superman hits, you know, this is Grant Morrison stuff. He hits something fundamental, uh, you know, that's just kind of naturally transcendent. And uh, every time I kind of see, I always call it the like Superman with red eyes. You know, that clearly there there was some point. (laughs) When they decided Superman doesn't have the the angry red eyes on a cover, it's just not really worth selling. You know that 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 you know it's it's just easier to just give you angry, uh, you know, an out of control Superman, yeah, and what just, that, just, that's possibly a random element rather than find an interesting way of telling the Superman that is secure in who he is, secure in how, the use of his powers. And yet, well, I mean, I agree with you, man. Like Joe Kelly's whatever happened to right. uh, Peace, Love, uh, and uh, the American uh, Right, Club. right. What's the about Peace, that's, Love, and uh, that, I mean, that's, that's kind of, you know, one of the great stories that's the indictment of this approach. And, yes. uh, you know, look, it's an easy shot to take. But to me, I don't I, – I, the moment that gives it the R rating could be full of amazing pathos. And I totally understand that Superman is portrayed – in a less than flattering light in Dark Knight Returns and that, that it's taking inspiration from that. I, and I, I, you know, these characters are malleable and can be shown a lot of different ways, but not that many movies featuring the character get made, you know, like, like right. if, if we, right. if we had a Superman movie every year, then maybe I'd be kind of like, uh, a little more giving towards the interpretation. Sure. But, uh, you know, the reality is there's something that strikes me as fundamentally wrong about, not being able to watch a movie with Superman in it in front of your kid. Like, that's just weird to me. Like, I'm not, I I get that. I get that argument, (laughs) but I also think, uh, but I, but two things. One is I don't want to see, I I think Superman is a strong enough character that you can put him in an R rated story. And the, the comparison I made, I don't think I made it when I, when I was talking to you on Twitter, but I said it to Bendis last night, what's to keep Superman from being a Galahad incredibly pure and still, very much virtuous Superman in his own characterization, stuck in a very dystopic, stuck in a, you stuck know, in a horrible, stuck in a yeah, horrible scenario, or or surrounded by horrible things, and be that that light of hope 
And and the solution is Superman being Superman and not succumbing to these terrible circumstances and having Red Eye Superman. Because I agree with you. I mean, Red Eye Superman was fun to see originally, and really Miller's Dark Knight Superman was great because yeah, it's like well, wait a minute, he does represent like good and right. uh, truth, justice in the American way. What happens when the American way gets perverted? Right. It's it you know the same territory again that Angleheart and. Uh, Gruenwald and others have explored in Captain America, where what, or even the current movie of what what happens when America's choice of direction doesn't agree. You know, he doesn't agree with it. I think that that's, it's, I think know. there's a really interesting experiment that's going on right now um, in terms of you know that that's going to play out as these as as more of these movies come out. Um, mm-hmm. You know, DC the, the 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 direction that they've decided to take um, tonally. Uh, is very different, I think. Yes. Um, and uh, it's going to be uh, what I'm. What I'll be interested to see here is I think we're going to find out a lot about what is bringing the audience in. Like, is it superpowers? Like, is it you know? Is it is it costumes? Right. And you know, is it is it the spectacle, or is it these generally optimistic? Uh, you know, hero's journey stories that I think Marvel have been telling very well. Agreed. Absolutely. Um, and look, I a part of this I feel justified in prejudging because I saw Man <laughs> of Steel and I thought it was terrible. Now, other people disagreed, you know, like and and I I completely get it, you know, like sure. like I I understand it. It felt to me like many times, and I have enormous respect for the for for the writer of that film, and and you know for for a lot of the people that were involved in making it, but a lot of the decisions felt to me like uh, a writer's decisions that directly contradicted uh, a lot of what made the character work, um, I agree. and and doing them. From a position that felt to me less like love and more like utility, if that makes sense. That I that do. they that they felt like this is well, wouldn't this be kind of an interesting problem to put a godlike character uh, into this situation? And that's always the kind of distance from Superman that that a lot of people have. A lot of people really get hung up on how yes. powerful he is. I don't yes. ever get that. Like it's that that has absolutely nothing to do with 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 you know stories that you can tell about the character mm-hmm. um you know there were really odd things to me superman is always at core a father-son story like that like like sure. to me that that is that's the whole idea you know some of that comes from just growing up with donner superman having like a you know a strong imp- imprint but you know the, at, at the end of the day it's it's you know he goes from this one family to this other they're both good families they both contribute to who he is and that sort of that that resolution and that connection uh, to two very different pasts. And, Completely agree. Uh, you know, uh, and it was missing in Man of Steel. The really, Kents raised him to be fearful of they did they, of who know, he was. I'll never and, I'll never be able to stomach that Jonathan Kent direction. Yeah, like it's, it, it, I it, agree it, with it, you. It, to me, it's it, to me it's the it's. It's it's that's too fundamental. That's too core a part of the character that once you take it away, I'm just like, well, you just should have called the character something else because that's well, how big a departure that is. You could have called drove me nuts something was, else before you could what, do that. Yeah. What drove me nuts was he 
there was elements of what I always agree, and I agree with you, that Jonathan – the Kents are about helping people. Right. And you saw that in the movie that Jonathan was willing to do that. He wouldn't allow Clark to do oh. that because he was afraid that Clark would reveal his powers and his life would never be the same. All right. And, 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 and I get it. I even get that idea if it was a different individual raising Superman. But the problem was – what I agree with you. The the whole the man of Superman comes from the Kents, yeah. and it's no Clark. We're Kents. Yeah. We help people. That is what we do, and that is what we will teach you with our life lessons. Right. And then I think that's great, and it does it makes him a very uh, earnest and, and of the people character, despite being an alien. Right. And they're leaning too much on that xenophobia, and also to imprint it on himself that. I don't know if I belong. It's like, well, then because he was raised wrong by Kevin Costner and Diane well, Lane. there's a lot I, of there's a lot of trying <laughs> to port there's a lot of trying to port over the Watchmen stuff. You know, there's a lot of trying to port over the Doctor Manhattan stuff onto the character here. Um, you know that that I think is obvious from who's involved in the movie. Right. That, sure. That they want to bring that. And and again, it comes from a bunch of people sitting down and like really spooking themselves and riling themselves up about the godlike nature of the character, which is to me almost always where Superman conversations go wrong. You know that that if right. if you if you start the story from he's so powerful, uh, you're probably not ending up at a good story. You're you just that's not really what makes the character so inspiring. That's not you know Superman could be half Superman's powers have changed. Dramatically yeah, in absolutely. comics yes. through the years, none Planet of that. Pushing to to just uh, you know slightly above Captain America and leaping buildings. Exactly, and exactly. It, it, all of that changes. You really don't. It, it, that that does not matter to the character right. very much at all. Agreed. So you know, it, it feels like they 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 made a lot of decisions like that. Obviously, the the you know the one that that you know everybody talks about is the ending and and sure. uh you know i do i i personally think that it crossed a line like i just uh i don't think that i don't think that the problem that it raised was terribly interesting like i i don't i don't i don't think that that people really are like dying for stories where heroes just have to do awful things spur of the moment because they can't think of a better way out of them that's not really why most people uh, gravitate to fiction, you know, Agreed. they're, they're, they're wanting to, to see in the end, uh, the hero overcome these things rather than succumb to them. And there's just no way to not argue, to, to not claim that that movie ends with him losing because he just does like it, right. if he has to do this awful thing, uh, you know, that crosses all of his personal lines and completely contradicts his own message. Then he lost. And, you know, like, so you you just you just wrote a Superman movie where he just where he just failed, uh, yes. And I'll never understand it. Like it, it just it just it uh, and it, it's not as though it really opens up, uh, you know, a very interesting story going forward. Like I think you can do lots of horrible things to characters. Like I, I'm not like a protectionist about characters. Like I don't, you know, like like. Uh, but that story didn't really end with him. Winning. winning yeah and so it's his, an his, odd at least his beliefs yeah yeah his beliefs or anything no he had to he had to succumb and be fight at zod's level to to kill him yeah and it, but it, I, it, just, it doesn't it's a, it'll, it'll never work for me it'll never sit right with me and i understand uh so so i'm i'm hard on this take because i think that this take is emblematic of a thing that's crept into his comics uh there have been some very good superman runs uh you know fairly recently but 
you know, I think that overall there's been this push to kind of strip away the wonder and optimism of the character and just sort of slowly but surely, uh, you know, uh, walk him into this more Batman-esque place. Um, that I feel like ultimately just gives you a character that nobody's really going to have a whole lot of use for. Um, and you know, Batman's always going to sell better. Like, like no matter what you do, like, like that's just, it's, it's, it's totally understandable and natural why that character is an easier sell. Uh, you know, but uh, Superman is still the character that, you know, you dress up as a character, you go to the children's wing of a hospital, every kid lights up and, and is happy, uh, yes. you know, and nobody is scared of Superman, you know, right. and, and right. I just worry that when you're spending billions of dollars to promote a scarier version of Superman, someday that doesn't work anymore. Someday, someday somebody walks in wearing that costume and a kid is scared. And well, but, but the natural appeal of putting those two characters together, too, is light and dark. Yeah. And, and it'll be interesting to see what if dark and darker. So it really doesn't matter. If if that's what it is. I'm, hope, I'm hoping that it's. I'm hoping we're getting all this in the teases, and then when we really do see sure. the story, that there is a sure, there is course, a course. They and, could totally and, they could totally curveball us and and you know sucker punch us with, uh you know. But action. I mean, you know, it, it, it's so far everything that we see, it's you know, Metropolis is still like rubble, and it's like constantly raining there, and just like. It's yeah. not, you know, uh, and not a joyful place. I totally get it. The all-star Superman is harder. Like it's harder to write. It's harder to nail. It's, you know, it's hard. It's harder to do correctly. It just is like, it's harder to do that version. Like, and that's why you see so little of it, you know, like is because it's, it is, it is harder to make work. Um, but when it does, I think it works a lot better than, than these versions. So, I agree. You know, it's, it's uh, um, I get to I get to mouth off about it because I'll never work there again. <laughs> I, so, <laughs> so, so are you? I mean, for your ten pages of Supergirl, do you watch the TV show? Do you? I like love the TV, the TV show. Uh, let, Isn't let, it great? Listen, that's the thing. It's like like it's not like I just I just knock on everything. What 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 Berlanti is doing on TV is so good. Isn't that fantastic? Like, like yeah. it's so good. I watch it all. Like like uh, the, the Flash is just uh, pitch perfect. I mean, like like the show cannot be better. Um, you know, it is it is everything that I want uh, in a superhero TV show. I think it makes the strongest argument that Spider Man should be a TV show. Like I I, I just think that that uh, you know that that they're nailing the soap operatic nature of the character and they're doing it with great comic book science fiction stuff and sure you know seeing the exploration of of multiverses and time travel through it is just great um you know supergirl is fantastic uh you know i i think it i think uh um i think i think they really got to to what works fundamentally about the character um and uh uh you know i think that um it's it's a great way to get like a nice breezy optimistic uh version of superman on tv every week and and absolutely you know uh yeah you know what i loved the the uh the very subtle uh text conversation that superman has with her 
I uh, in that early episode. I don't know if you saw that one. Definitely. Okay, there, I, there you go. I, and that's the great thing. Think about it: an off-screen portrayal of Superman that absolutely hit the core of who he is, and he's just like, "Hey, you're doing great." Exactly. Exactly. I'm very proud of you, and it's just like, "Oh my God!" It's Superman talking. Yeah. And that's incredible that they were able to convey that the way they did, and it gets to the core of the character. When when Rucka writes uh, wrote Superman, and he was on Word Balloon, he said. Yes, yeah, bullets bounce off of Superman, and it's tough to hurt him, but you can break his heart. Right. And that's the core of the human side of Superman. And then also, my abs- one of my absolute favorite scenes was the end of Kingdom Come, where they're at the Planet Krypton restaurant. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Definitely, and and definitely. Batman's just kind of telling him what's going on. He's, by the way, Luther says hello. And optimistically, Superman's like, he did? <laughs> and Bruce is like, no. And he just, yeah. like, pulls the football away from him, and it is. It's like... No, dumbass. I know you want to believe everybody has that potential of good, but this is Luther. No, he still hates you. Sorry. No, exactly. And it's just it's, – that's that's the exchange. And I don't know. I mean it's – this is a very – I think the movie – I think the Marvel movie – or it's funny. I just call it a Marvel movie. I think Batman versus Superman is your classic Silver Age Marvel hero A meets hero B. They don't realize that they're both good guys. They just see themselves as each other as p- potential threats. So we better get to the bottom of this. Then they meet, and oh, I'm sorry, we are both good guys. And clearly, that's been telegraphed through the longer trailers sure. that that's what will happen. Um, and and yeah, I'm hoping that, that they don't forget that that is what's great is Superman is the eternal optimist, and Batman is like, dude, stop flying around the clouds, get back on the ground, and take a look at your city. No, exactly. And Superman's, exactly. I'm here. Isn't it great? You know, I mean, and it's it's just that you don't see the dark clouds that I see every day. It's like, no, I sure don't. Well, that's what that's yeah, that's what you hope for. You hope that the, the characters work great when you put them on page together because of the contrast. And yes. you know, the problem is when you look at a lot of this early stuff, there's just not enough of a contrast. There's just not there's not enough difference between the two characters. So, <laughs> what's up? <laughs> I said no. It's darker and darker, and then I was trying to do the the robotic Batman voice in oh, the yeah, armor. Yeah, do yeah, you exactly, exactly? I mean, it's it's uh, you know, look, look. I, I feel exactly the same way about these movies as I feel about the books. Everybody is better off when DC is as strong as yeah. they can possibly be. Uh, you know, when when DC's sales or, or what have you struggle. Everybody takes a hit from that. Like, like, uh, every, you know, like, like uh, that affects retailers' bottom lines and other bottom lines in ways that everyone feels. So, you know, uh, it's it's always better if everybody is on their absolute A game. Um, you know, so I, I hope that they're good. I think that what they're doing works very well for certain properties. I mean, I'm really looking forward to to Suicide Squad. I think that looks like a good movie. I, you know, I think that. Uh, I think Ben Affleck as Batman is a really great choice, and I definitely think you could see some good Batman movies come out of that. Um, you know, but I think that, that there's always been that problem of, you know, Batman is, from a pop culture standpoint, such an easy sell. And so I think that there's the, that constant temptation of how do we Batman up everything around him. True. Uh, and, you know, I, I, I totally understand where the where, you know, the executive math comes into play on that but um you know i I mean i look i just remember the note the biggest note that i got uh ever at working on super titles was was always well you know you got to keep in mind he's an alien and i just i just it's not it's not right 
I agree yeah. with you. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, no, that's I absolutely agree. No, that's starting not starting point. If, 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 if that's your, your, uh, your absolute, that's kind of like saying the thing to keep in mind about Captain America is he's stronger than everyone. You know, it's just, it's not, that's not, that's not what you're supposed to look at. You know, like, like, it's like saying the thing to keep in mind about Spider-Man is he can shoot webs. You know, it's, it's not, it's not the, it's not the place. No, to, it's not the, where's to, the humanity? So. Right. Where's the humanity? And, yeah. You know, so I think a lot of these things come from that. I think they come from fundamentally that the, the point A that they're working from. Uh, is is problematic, and you know Agreed. now when this conversation goes up, people will say that I spent more time complaining about DC than Not I did all. talking about my own books. No, no, we, we waited till the last. <laughs> we let, I waited till the last twenty minutes to bring it up, and honestly, I wanted your opinion because, like I said. I am willing to see what kind of story plays out in the R-rated version of Superman and, in fact, obviously, just the regular theatrical release of the movie. And we'll see what happens because I, I I don't know, man. Again, it's it's weird because Berlanti and I believe Jeff Johns absolutely have very positive visions of these characters and do get what makes them great. Everything no they're doing on TV is everything Jeff and I have ever talked yep. about on Word Balloon in terms of what makes these characters great. Without question. And the same goes with Wade and the same goes with Rucka. In the cases of Wade, Rucka, and yourself, you guys aren't working there at the company anymore. And also, again, yeah, I have kind of gotten this vibe that editorial keeps kind of saying, don't forget our heroes are rebels. Our hero, we, don't want, we don't want to think about family or legacy. And that's what was so refreshing about Jeff's video regarding Rebirth. Yeah. That maybe after five years of going in a direction that we disagree with, that maybe they are starting to realize, and hopefully Absolutely. they are. Absolutely, we'll, that's, see, that's, we'll see what happens. I, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'll, I'll give it. I, you know, bought every first issue of those new fifty-two books. I tried them all, sure. uh, and you know, I'm sure that I will, you know, give all of these books a shot. And yeah, in terms of in terms of Batman v Superman. Uh, <laughs> Um, yes. Uh, but, uh, uh, I, they've got my they've got my fifteen bucks or whatever, so yep. I'm the sucker yep. here, really. Well, we'll see. <laughs> but, well, no, we're we're optimists, yeah, and absolutely. hopefully, we're, we we want there to be an like you said, you want it. I think you're right. I think the market is better when it, the big two are healthy and and putting out good books. And I will say, I think that that uh, they made a great casting choice on Wonder Woman, and that the first scenes of Wonder Woman have been great. And you sure. know, like I'm excited to see that because that's a, that's a big deal when her movie great. comes out. That will be a big deal, and I think we'll all be hoping that that makes a ton of money for a lot of great reasons. So, you know, uh, good stuff. Should be a lot of fun. Right. I quite agree, and uh, no, I appreciate the ground that we covered. And uh, hey, that's fine. Let them worry about what they're doing wrong with DC and stuff like that. You keep doing things right with uh, <laughs> Captain America and Ant Man, and uh, very much uh, looking forward to um, the fix. And um, certainly can continue success with Morning Glories and everything you're doing. Like I said, man, at the beginning, and I meant it, um, I'm really glad things are working out and you're, you're getting an opportunity with playing with some of the big toys. And I think you're delivering. So keep up all the good work. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, man. That, that means a lot. I really appreciate it. That's Nick Spencer, see he and I, at C2E2. Nick, of course, you're going to be able to find at a booth. Let me look up uh, Nick's booth. Booth P8. That's where uh, Nick is going to be. I don't have a booth. I don't have any panels either. I'm literally just wandering the convention aimlessly. If I have that uh, kind of uh, blank stupor look on my face, snap me out of it. Say, hey, John, what's happening? 
and uh, introduce yourself to me because it's always great to meet uh, one of the League of Word Balloon listeners. Honestly, I, I appreciate that, and it's part of the fun of going to conventions, uh, giving me the chance to thank you in person for uh, listening to the show. And thank you for this uh, hour or two that you've just spent with Word Balloon. I hope you enjoyed it. It was brought to you by the League of Word Balloon listeners, uh, both uh, the ones who subscribe to Word Balloon and, of course, uh, the whole listenership. But if you'd like to subscribe to Word Balloon, you can go to wordballoon.com, and uh, there's a, a link to my Patreon page. And uh, if you if you can subscribe to Word Balloon, if you think uh, this entertainment I try to bring every month is uh, worth your time, uh, hopefully uh, you'll help support uh, the cause and it helps me uh, travel to conventions and update equipment. And, uh, you know, I, I'd love to do this full-time. It would be terrific. And it would only mean that I would probably bring you more episodes of Word Balloon. So if you can spare a dollar or two a month, and like I said, if you think it's worth it, um, go to the Patreon page, and uh, I appreciate the support. Thank you very much, League of Word Balloon listeners. We're also brought to you by InStock Trades at InStockTrades.com. I've been rattling through some of the great uh, deals at InStock Trades. How about the World of Warcraft Chronicle, Volume 1 from Dark Horse? Uh, it's out now, and it's uh, 45% off, $21.99. You can get Hit, Volume 2, Bryce Carlson, Vanessa Del Rey, very cool noir, uh, from Boom Studios. That book is 30% off, $13.99. My buddy Jeremy Hahn and uh, Jason Hurley, both buddies. Uh, the Beauty, the first volume, is now here. I am actually in the book. I, I play a role. It's a bald, fat guy. I'll try not to take offense, Han, but I know your heart was in the right place. Uh, it's uh, 50% off. It's only $4.99. And no lie, because I've known about this book for a long time. Your, your personal uh, uh, advocacy for the beauty. Uh, really, great story. Really cool. Of course, Jer does his best in terms of... Uh, the writing, and uh, also uh, Hurley, uh, you know, the two of them do a great job. And Jer's just knocking it out with the art as well. It's a very cool book, and I absolutely recommend it. And I think it'll be a fun recurring series uh, from Image. I hope you'll support the beauty and pick up this uh, trade for four ninety nine at InStockTrades.com. Uh, don't forget, if your orders are $50 or more, you receive free shipping. And they make it easy with a great selection of books at great prices. Check out the website, InStockTrades.com. Thanks a lot for listening to Word Balloon. Hope to see you at C2E2. More great episodes coming up. No lie. Uh, next four episodes. Boom, 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 boom. Wanted to make sure I got four booms in. Uh, really excited about the conversations I've had. Can't wait to share them with you. Stick around. Watch the feed because within a day or two, the next episode is popping up. Until next time, John Sutter saying Word Balloon is a copyright feature of Shaky Productions. Copyright 2016. <laughs>